previously on Splatatech. Who is joining us today? Well, we have uh, a friend who joined us actually in episode 11, which is favorite 90s holiday specials. And returning for the second time on Splat Attack is our guest and fellow 90s podcaster, Toby from the Tape Store. Welcome, Toby. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. Brett, what are we talking about today? Ranking all 50 monsters from the first season of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Submit it for the approval of the Midnight Society. Oh, joy! Let's rock! It makes me wanna fight! Dear Journal, it's me, Doug. Do you have it? Baby's gotta do what a baby's gotta do. (laughs) On your mark, get set. Moving right along, we have Babe Roofless, as we mentioned before, for, for episode 32 of Star is Born. And where do I even start with this guy? I just thought he was kind of lame. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was really all I had to. Um, I, I wasn't a big baseball fan as a kid, but I, I did know who Babe Ruth was. Mm. And this really felt like Frankenstein as a kid. Uh, where it's like, why, why this? This, this uh, is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I, I do remember that he was like based off of a pixie, like a dark pixie in the, in the Sentai footage. But I don't think that really lends to his backstory or his, his arsenal weapons or why he's even there or his motives to hurt the Rangers. Because mm-hmm. like uh, Mutitis and the giant, he only exists in giant form. We never see like a small version of him. Uh, and he's accompanied by both Scorkey scorpina and goldar so like what's going on here are they doing the heavy work or is he because all you've got is like pink spray out of your stupid hat nozzle and uh, a giant red ball that you like to apparently play baseball with uh that just gets swatted right back by the dragon sword um yeah yeah i mean he he was kind of silly yeah he, he he feels like a filler monster. There's not a lot going for him. Yeah. I don't even I don't even like the way he looks. He's like on tier for gnarly known with me. So I give him a D. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give him a D. Cool. That's you generous. Know, yeah. Yeah. As if one monster wasn't enough in this uh in this gang up uh for this episode, we also have Weaveworm uh in the in a star is born as well. And this is actually uh Scorpina's pet worm that was like little thing in the palm of her hand that somehow encapsulated the rangers in this weird looking red soap bar thing that got pushed into the atlantic ocean um and then later it became really big and i think it was on its own i don't think rita like made him big and uh he was pretty he was pretty terrifying looking uh considering the fact that i've seen caterpillars like that in real life up close that scared the shit out of me as a kid um (laughs) that just brought back the more the the bug themed nightmares that i often got so I didn't I didn't like his hollow eyes. I didn't like I didn't like all the all the sidearms that he has. Uh, his, his like gnarly voice was uh, jarring to hear. So I think he was actually more effective enemy than Babe Ruthless in this episode in terms of giving uh, the Rangers run for their money. <laughs> yeah, I actually remember Weaveworm. I actually remember him. So like you know. Like when I see pictures of him, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember him. He, he and I remember the, the stuff he shot out of himself, you know. And and he was able to trap the, uh, I think, trap the Megazord. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. He it, also got uh, into that so far until the Dragon Zord like used its uh, drill tail to like uh, cut through it and like free the Megazord. So yeah. So I I, I thought he was much better. Uh, more effective. De- definitely more effective. I think he was definitely a tier above uh, Babe Ruthless. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I would give Weaveworm a B because I I liked him. He was more effective. Uh, scary looking too. I'd probably yeah. say C. Yeah, okay. I, I was I, I would I was gonna lean towards a C. Okay, a high C, <laughs> high C. <laughs> uh, pretty high. Uh, we have Fang, simply known as Fang, uh, from episode thirty-three, "The Yolks on You," and uh, I thought this was interesting because there's there's a little bit of lore behind Fang because it's this blue-looking weird. Uh, I don't even know what it is. It's just some sort of weird blue-looking monster with. With horns that retract and it's got really long wolverine-like claws and it's obsessed with gooniberg eggs why i don't know i guess they're a delicacy from the planet where he comes from but when um i think squat like cracks one open it eats the weird nickelodeon slime that's inside of it he's like oh no i'm losing my i'm losing my mind i need gooniberg eggs i'm gonna kill everything in my path that doesn't have gooniberg eggs or won't give me gooniberg eggs so you know rita rita takes advantage of his uh you want to call it Burke mode for lack of a better term and uh, <laughs> manipulates him to attacking the Rangers uh, thinking that they have Goonie bird eggs for him. And I thought it's funny that uh, Jason from the Megazord cockpit is like, what are you, why are you attacking us? We don't have any Goonie bird eggs and you just won't listen. And the Rangers like, all right, you asked for it. <laughs> Going with the power sword. Uh, sorry. Ultra Zord. No, I just was going to say, I actually don't remember him. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, he wasn't memorable to me. You know, I look at him now and I think he looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I actually have no, it, it doesn't awaken anything, you know, from when, mm-hmm. fr- from the days of the early nineties, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm there with Toby as a kid. I do not remember this episode at all in the slightest, uh, as an adult, I think it's funny that the villain looks happy all the time, even though he's he's clearly not. It's just the way the character is designed. He looks like he has a permanent grin. Yeah. It's a little creepy too, because um, the white beady eyes with the black around it adds to the little creepiness, but yeah, the grin, I think it's just the way the monster designed. They could only move like the the hinged jaw a certain way. So it's not very expressive. So that's probably why his, uh, his character was limited um just a quick note that the zoo footage had to do with like a more tragic backstory so if you want to read into that about how like a mother was like protecting the eggs as the last of her kind you can go to the wiki for that but you know that's noteworthy for the more um diehard fans so uh what would you give uh fang for for its performance and its look and its name and all that jazz i give him a d Mm. I'd give him a C, uh, just because he—I don't have anything bad memorable about him. I just don't. Yeah, I'm gonna—I'm gonna give him a C as well, just because you know, even if he was one-track minded uh, with his personality and had a uninteresting, non-relative name, um, he put up a good fight when he was a giant against the Megazord. So you know, for brute strength and for his memorable look, uh, I give it—I bump it up to a C. All right, moving on. We have Cyclops from a two-parter, episode 34 and 35, The Green Candle. Um, oh, wow. I mean, there's there's no... <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I say about this guy? 
He looks like a bunch of gym mats. <laughs> like that's like what the, he's made of. He looks like the Michelin man. Yeah. The, yeah. This, the, he, he does. Um, he looks very minimalist as far as being really monotone. Yeah. I, I think he was plucked from a twilight zone episode, the fear. Cause he looks very similar to that monster, but, but his purpose and the damage he causes mm. is yeah. really, really bad. I mean, yeah. he was an awful villain as far as the, 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 the the chaos and damage and, and the mm. effect that he, you know, right that he had on the Power Rangers, of course. I mean, we're talking about his episode as the Green Candle, and we know that that's about Tommy losing his powers. Mm. So this was really brutal, you know? Yeah, it was, it was essentially more about him serving as a distraction while Goldar fought off Jason when he was trying to retrieve the Green Candle while it was burning through its wax. And he was pretty effective at, at the, um, you know, serving as a, as a diversion um because he could shift yeah he could shape shift into the other megazord so it made them think that you know it was you know them turning against each other and messing with their heads to like get a get a um, uh like a vulnerability or like an open shot um and as so. a kid i was so used to seeing goldar blow it and in this case goldar succeeds uh, he, he actually is able to you know come through yeah uh, we were so used to another reason why the, the, the these Green Ranger episodes are so great, but th this particular one, the Green Candle, we were so used to that formula, man. The monster's going to show up. It'll give the Power Rangers some trouble initially, but they're going to come through. They do not come through on this one. I mean, yes, they 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 defeat the monsters, but they are unable to save jason and excuse me they're unable to save tommy in the sense that of he has to give up his powers yep it yeah. was awful to watch yeah. as a kid wrenching you, you at this point the green ranger <laughs> the flute the flute it's all gone it yep. was awful okay uh, i'm i'm gonna be the opposite end of the, <laughs> uh, of the candle on this one because i I side very much with everything you get. You both have said with yeah. Tommy. Tommy is a freaking awesome character. I know I said earlier he can he can suck it, but that's just because, <laughs> it's, it's, that's just yeah, because of my intent. Because Jason was our first leader, right? But uh, but I do love Tommy. Uh, he is an awesome character, but also I could not understand why this intense fan base for Tommy at that point in time because uh, jason was the leader jason was the head power ranger and now tommy's here and all of my friends have shifted from mm -hmm. jason to tommy and now there were girls who were also watching power rangers because of tommy and i'm like because of a bad boy you know why? he was bad yeah. at first and he turned good so people like that dynamic yeah change of heart he's I think it's why do people why did people go nuts over Loki in, mm -hmm. in the MCU? Not to leave Power Rangers, but yeah, there's yeah. something about the redemption. Yeah, mm -hmm. but go ahead, yeah. But and of course, I didn't understand any of this as a kid. Sure, uh, and and it was driving me nuts. So whenever I got to this episode, I don't think I've ever rooted for a villain more in my <laughs> life. I I was totally on board with Goldar and and Cyclops and Rita. I was like, do it, come on, do it. <laughs> and wow. then when he lost his power and wasn't able to be a Power Ranger, I was like, yes, 
suck it suck it all of you <laughs> i win jason's still the leader you all are stupid nah, 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 nah. Oh, geez. but you know that we know how that turned out later yeah. but uh for for about five seconds there i was i was a very happy power ranger fan <laughs> so i'm gonna be the tiebreaker huh <laughs> oh boy yeah well what what can i say about cyclops i mean he was good at performing illusions and serving yes. as a diversion. I mean, I already said that before. The, the episode is great, but we're not here to talk about the episode. We're here to talk about the monster yes. and his yes. abilities to, you know, essentially buy Goldar and Rita time so that the candle just sucks all the powers out. And, um, you know, I think he does a pretty good job at that. I think he looks yes. stupid in his base form, but he's good at what <laughs> yes. he does. Yes. So, so for that, I got to give him a B. I'd, I'd give him a B as well. He succeeded at his goal. The design yeah. could have been better. Yeah, I, I, I'll 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 agree, I'll agree with that consensus. Yeah, I mean uh, a B's good. Yeah, I think he was, um, and a B simply for the fact that he did the job. That you know, again, right. when a few times a monster succeeded and in, in getting something done. You know, right? It helps. Uh, moving on, we have Hatchosaurus and Cardiotron from episode 36, Birds of a Feather, which is very misleading because Hatchosaurus kind of looks more like a dinosaur or a pterodactyl or something. It's not clear. Um, I do like the name for both of them. It's very menacing, like Hatchosaurus, where you think, ooh, a dinosaur is going to face the dinosaurs. What we, what's going to happen here? And then Cardiotron, obviously a heart robot, but you know um what what we end up seeing is a giant monster who emerges from like the depths he he looks pretty cool because his back looks like it's like made out of trees and forest and stuff and he's just like just emerges out of the the hills just like ah i gotta destroy monsters which is pretty cool and i, I i'm always a fan of the monsters who show up in giant form and don't mess around um he was revived twice after his defeat uh once normal and then a second time where Surprise, surprise, he has horns grow out of him to make him look more threatening and to show that he means business because this is Power Rangers. And that was due to somehow Cardiotron's ability to revive him in his core inside. And they're technically treated as two separate monsters, but because they're codependent, I count it as one for the sake of this list. Yeah, sure. um, so what happens, you know, aside from a brutal Megazord battle um, that took the Ultra Zord, the Dragon Dagger, and the Power Sword, and a Megazord Slash to defeat you know, both monsters for good is um, the fact that Jason had to go inside the monster, dislodge the heart after having some insult trade-offs there, take him out to the field, um, don uh, Green Ranger's vest and his dagger and do like a one-two slash right through the heart, which looked totally badass. Like that's my favorite defeat of the entire season. I'm sorry. It just looks so cool uh, to see him slash through a talking heart like that. And, um, you know, it just leaves uh, Hatchosaurus as a mindless goon that can't really function without it. And then, you know, once once his Achilles heel or heart is taken out, then the rest falls into place. Um, I think he's pretty opposing looking in terms of appearance. Both of them, they put up a good fight, uh, really puts you on the edge of your seat when you watch the episode because you think it's going to be a two-parter, but it doesn't end up being a two-parter. And uh, yeah, I think he would have made, made a great uh, evil space alien figure if they went that route. Mm. He reminded me of like a Godzilla monster. Yes. Just, yeah. Like a kaiju. Just the design of it. Oh, uh, he would have fit really well in that universe. <laughs> yes. 
That's exactly what I was thinking. I, in fact, I think uh, I know the name of the one that he looks like. I think it's Gigan is who he reminds mm-hmm. me of. I can see okay. that. Uh, I can see that. But, but he, what, the bottom, you, you, but Alex nailed it, look, that he looks like a kaiju, <laughs> um, which, oh my gosh, I love talking about those. But anyway, <laughs> this is which it, it, it's, um, yeah, I think it looks good. Um, I, I liked the idea that you had these uh, two monsters working in tandem. That didn't happen very often. So again, uh, very much like the, uh, the Samurai Fan Man, I think again, not illustrious like say Evil Green Ranger, King Sphinx, mm-hmm. which I think it's really wonderful that we've been very, very conservative with giving the triple S out. You know, <laughs> as we should. Game. It's yeah. God's here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought he was just solid. You know, I thought I thought he was good. You know, mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. Um, so, what what do you guys want to give for rating for Hatchosaurus and Cardiotron? I mean, I would rank them a, 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 between a B and an A. I guess it depends on what you guys think, but I think at the very least a B. I'm thinking I, a solid A. I loved them. I, I was going to say A as well, just for the fact that it took so much to yeah. kill him. Yeah. And, uh, and also that awesome reveal of, of Jason in the Green Ranger shield. That's right. Love it. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'll go with an A too, you guys. <laughs> it's worth it for that moment alone. <laughs> uh, moving on, uh, we have Pluticorn from episode 37, The Cleanup Club. And uh, what can we say about Pluticorn? He's got kind of a weird powder blue look with some, with, you know, he's a, he's a unicorn with some wings, flies around. When did Captain Planet and Power Rangers decide to do a crossover? <laughs> well, if you're a fan of the show The Office, uh, Dwight has a. Uh, the, do you guys watch The Office, the show? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Dwight has a character named Recyclops. Mm-hmm. And he had, I think, he had a villain named Pelutacorn. So I don't know. <laughs> That's what I thought of. I was like, Anyway, I don't know. Uh, I think it was Pluticorn. They picked him up from the recycle bin and reused him in the office. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Recyclops. Anyway. uh, (laughs) uh, I thought, you know, I I liked his look all right. He's like this armored uh, Pegasus unicorn Mm -hmm. thing. Um, I thought he looked pretty cool. Somewhat Uh, intimidating looking. Yeah. But other than that, I don't remember him very much. He, he He did not have an impression on me. Yeah. So, um, I mean, he looked all right, but he is, you know. Yeah, when, when you start getting into the pollution aspect yeah. of, of any kid's programming, that's when my brain went, okay, not paying attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, think, let's try to shoehorn this in with our do-gooderness of uh, the Power Rangers plot. I think the only time any of that ever stuck was when Nickelodeon did the big help. Right. That I stuck oh. with. Because that was, this is a purpose, and we're making it very clear this is a purpose. And we, we were seeing them involved. do the work. Yeah, it made whereas, it relatable. Whereas in shows like Power Rangers and Captain Planet and Turtles and insert your cartoon action-oriented show, let's throw Pollution as the villain. Oh, shut up. I, I want to see a monster. I don't want to see reality. I don't, yeah, I, you don't get preached to. Yeah, I mean, if if they somehow made the Toxic Avenger villain, then I would watch that because he looks pretty yes. cool. Yes. 
Oh man, Troma and Bondi. Yeah. <laughs> Some of that eighties flair coming oh, into the nineties. I would thrive off of that. Yeah. Missed opportunity for Power Rangers, but uh yeah, he's not very memorable for me. He has a decent arsenal of attacks, like being able to use the the wing flap thing to blow the Megazord away, but he doesn't do he stole much. that from King Sphinx. He did. <laughs> he did. And and so does Pexter later on when we get to him. Um, but he he gets a free pass because he's a bird. Um, but Politicorn, you know, whatever. Um, he also has a touch of like Lizinator in terms of his design, which I thought, mm, whatever. I think Lizinator did it better. And then once he gets his horn chopped off, he's like, moot. What's the point of having him on screen? Let's just kill him with uh one two slash of the power sword. Um, other than that, what do you guys want to rank him? Because he does have one of the shortest MMPR deaths uh, in history. I don't remember him, so I say C. Yeah, he just gets that. Nah, meh. I can't. I, there's nothing I can critique about him. Yeah. Um, he was another one, very much like, um, uh, very much like just the ones that I'm kind of like, oh, oh, <laughs> see, you've already forgotten. Just right. like there's like Fang and and Fang. Spitfower or Fang. Spitflower and Genie. Yeah, just, yeah. the 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 blue catfish looking one that was Fang. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, just don't remember. Yeah, give him a C. I'm gonna give him a D because he dashed my hopes and expectations. Like he looks somewhat threatening, and I thought he can do a lot with his like unicorn horn if he shot lightning from it, which I think he did when he was giant. Um, but other than that, I didn't, I didn't like the whole, just kind of jump in and flap your wings and then grow big and then die. Uh, he didn't really do much for me as a villain. So down to a D, um, uh, moving on, we have twin man, uh, from episode 38, a bad reflection on you. And, um, this guy also didn't stick around very much. Uh, his gimmick was that he made evil doppelgangers, which were putties in Power Ranger suits you know, start harming citizens and running amok in the city and like tarnishing their reputation, which, you know, prompted the Rangers to sort this mess out. So after they ended up fighting their doppelgangers, revealing them to be putties and getting rid of them, um, they, they uh, went after Twin Man, who is disguised as the Red Power Ranger. He's basically this like very pointy uh, Japanese superhero kind of looking guy. He's, he's got like this diamond mirror motif going on with his design. He's got like a very thin rapier that he, he occasionally like uses, but then he um, uses like some mirror gimmick and kaleidoscope vision to disorient the Rangers, which is, you know, effective for a couple seconds, but then they make quick uh, mincemeat of him using the power blaster. And he has a very flashy death too. I like the little um, light effects that they use for his explosion. So can't really say too much about him. I think his design looks cool. And I think he was underutilized. No, I just think the idea that he could, uh, like, uh, he, he disguises himself at Jason, as Jason at one point. Um, I think that there's a lot more dastardly things they could have did with him, and they didn't. Uh, he had potential to be, I think, a, an A-level, you know, rating villain. Uh, and I, I think he looks great. But uh, again, yeah, underutilized. I would agree with Brett. Yeah, he he felt really annoying uh, as a kid. I I remember <laughs> thinking this was a great idea, and they. But at the time, I didn't think he was awful, and I don't mean awful in like oh, this is dumb, but like awful as in like top tier level, like King Sphinx awful, where you you just can't wait for this character to right. to, to get it. Uh, he never reached that level. 
but I do, I, I remember finding him annoying of the, I hate that you've done this. I hate that you've made the, these doppelgangers and that people are you're ruining the Power Rangers reputation. I remembered that and I couldn't wait for them to straighten it out. But like you guys said, they could have gone a lot farther, which would have gone from just annoying to, oh, I want you to die now, which is yeah. where you want to be with the Power Rangers show. He could have, he could have caused some inner internal fighting within the actual group, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and even like send them through a mirror maze or something in another dimension. That would have been an instance where that would have been applicable to heighten the tension rather than just fight in a, in a field in the middle of uh, Tokyo or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So um, what do you guys want to rank t- Twin Man? I'd say B, uh, just because he's not a bad villain, but he's not forgettable either. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I was thinking a B or a C, um, you know, uh, for potential. Uh, and, and he did do some cool stuff. He did disguise himself as Jason and stuff. And I, I, I thought as far as abilities go, I, I thought they were, man, they can really do something with this, you know. Hmm. I'm, I'm between gonna, a B and a C. Yeah, that's where I am too. Um, just because of underutilized potential. I like his design. And I like the cool mirror effects he does, but I want to see more of that. And I want him to heighten the tension more. Uh, the reputation thing really in the doppelganger thing didn't really register with me as a kid. I just wanted to see them fight a monster and how they, you know, he can more effectively uh, one-up him through his cunning strategy. So that's that. Uh, moving what on. Did you, what did you give him again? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to land on a C because I was in between a B and a C just, just for the underutilized uh, powers. But moving on, one of my favorites, uh, we have Cyclopsis. Um, and he's from episodes 39 and 40, Doomsday, which was supposed to be the original finale of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers before it got renewed for the ZO2 footage, landing them at episode 60. Um, despite having a slight variation and confusion with the other one-eyed white monster who's squishy and made of gym mats, this guy is one heavy metal force to be reckoned with. His name gives him an air of mystery and power. Um, He's one of the best designs of any monster, not just this season, but the entire Zordon era of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. He's got a massive arsenal of weapons at his disposal, including chest missiles that pop out. He's got like grappling hands. He's got lightning that shoots out of his uh, horns. And he's got some really thick, chunky boots that he knows how to crush the Megazord with. Like, have you seen the size of those things? Man, it makes go-go boots look like uh, doll, doll shoes. Uh, <laughs> even though he's technically a war zord that Goldar pilots, I don't, I don't care at all. He's a cool monster in my eyes, you know, low car system in battle to upgrade him similar to Mutitis. Uh, he's another, uh, monster who grabs dragon zords tail and whips him around. Like he's a plaything, which is totally savage. And, uh, he's one of the few monsters that also reflects the, the dragon zord battle modes, like dragon fin attack back at him, which you know, anytime a monster can deflect attack, like without blinking an eye, um, I think that shows a, dis- a true display of their power, like hidden power that they're concealing or holding back. Um, other than that, he's, he's the final boss in the SNS game. He's also the final boss in the Sega Genesis game, which I remember uh, taking advantage of once I beat the game to fight against my sister, like Minotaur. Very fun <laughs> to play. Very fun to play as. Um dinosaurs also attack him separately and then try different combinations to fight him and then i think the most savage moment of their battle together is when 
uh, Megazord's arm gets lacerated clean off and he like falls over and then parts Whoa. of him parts of him are just like disappearing yeah. into this um I don't know other dimension or or uh, Zordon reveals that it was like it, it was like a defense mechanism to teleport the pieces back to the command center so that it could recharge and get rebuilt so that it wasn't completely destroyed. But man, to get get to the brink of like ending the Power Rangers, I gotta give him some serious kudos. What do you guys think? I liked him because he looked like a Gundam. Yes. Yep. Yes. Very pointy. Uh... And I, I know, yes, he was a Zord, but I thought that was cool because it's, I think it's the first bad Zord we see mm-hmm. and you got Goldor piloting it. So, you know, it shows that, you know, Goldor has his moments of being, you know, problematic. For, yeah, competent <laughs> for Rita, problematic for the Rangers. Um, he looks great. Uh, and, and, and he was incredibly powerful uh, and he, he, he posed some real problems. So I, I liked him a lot. Uh, I, I know we said we're not really going to talk about Rita's posse, but you kind of have to a little bit. At least not until the end. Because Goldar was, anytime Goldar was involved, I got nervous uh, <laughs> as a kid. Uh, not because he was, he was, I mean, he was imposing, but because he put up one of the biggest fights. Mm-hmm. And then you put him in his own Zord, I was scared as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah i i was genuinely afraid that the rangers were going to we were going to lose at least one of them i mean we've already lo- proved that we've lost tommy right. in previous episodes and, and if we can lose tommy we can lose some of our, our regular That's ones true here. so i was afraid that we were going to lose at least one or two and then to see how close he came to defeating them i was on edge the whole yeah. episode yeah, it definitely put me on edge like the evil green ranger did, like just constantly imposing powerful threat, did not mess around, kicked kicked the zords while they were down. And um, I forgot how he was defeated, but it essentially took across the two parts, uh, every zord combination except the mega, mega dragon zord to defeat him. So it just goes to show that they constantly had to strategize and think on their feet and, you know, throw the darts on the board until something stuck and, uh, you know, find an opening. Uh, what do you want to rank him? I would give him double S. Yeah, I would say double S, very close to the top of the tier. Gonna, but go ahead. I'm going to give him a triple S. I love him. I yeah, absolutely love him. I'd be willing to push him to that level. Yeah. Cool. I like seeing a bad Zord. I like seeing a bad guy pilot a Zord, you know? I just thought that was, it, it's just, you know, it's just something that, yeah, you don't see every day, and be, because it changes up the typical monster of the week formula, it, it really reels in your attention. And because it just brought on the hurt so right. much, you know, you're like, "Oh shoot, are right. the Rangers actually going to lose?" Even though they're, you know, really good at defeating all these monsters so far. So, um, you know, for that alone, I gotta, I gotta knock it up to top tier. Uh, rolling along, we have Octoplant from episode 41, Rita Seed of Evil. And for some reason, <laughs> for some reason, they like to space out amazing monsters with really crappy monsters. <laughs> I don't, the, it looks like Peter Pan meets some kind of... 
you know what it looks like to me? It looks like Lilymon from season one of Digimon, which admittedly I had a crush on when I was a kid. You know, I'm not ashamed of that, but it, the, the fact that it had like this weird flower motif going with it with root legs and then it took like 19 out of the 20 minutes of the episode to develop from like this bulb under the earth to like, you know, be, fight the rangers with some like vines here and there and then like look at its reflection in the middle of a Megazord battle fight. Uh, which like left an opening for the Megazord to kill it from behind. It's like, come on, what's going on here? But it is the second female um, monster of the season. So that's something. This, this was another one of those. I remember what you look like. This is bones. I remember what you look like. That's all I remember. Yeah. I didn't even remember that. Like, this is my first time, like either I must've forgotten about her, but this is like i'm like she was she was gone completely erased from my memory yeah that's because she doesn't do anything until the last two minutes of the battle (laughs) like she's known for kicking really fast and then looking at herself in the in the reflection of the building that's all it does not bode well for her rating yeah well let's just get it out of the way i give her a low d um for the Digimon connection. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go with Brett because I, I just don't remember her. So yeah. I'll do the low D as well. Uh, I, I just stick with C just because I, I don't remember character um, mm-hmm. much, much like Bones, but Bones I remember a lot more. Uh, I, I had completely forgot what this character who, who Octoplant was until I saw them. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember you. But still, even, even then, no memory. Yeah, I don't think it helps that the name doesn't really describe the monster. Like no. when you when you say octoplant, you think like, oh, octopus monster. This this would have been a better fit for pinoctopus, I guess. But um, you know, other than like, I mean, what what would you come up with for an alternative name that would better fit this monster, if any? Petal Punisher. <laughs> yeah, it would have to have some alliteration. Yeah, you know. yeah. Most of them have that. I, I can't think of anything. Vine, Vine Vixen. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, this is why I'm not a writer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't well, think of it. Well, let's not waste any more time with her. Uh, let's move on to Goofish from episode 43, Something's Fishy. Uh, I, I have to say, this is a very memorable one for me. Uh, she's one of the grossest hit, uh, sorry, he, one of the grossest, hideous, and terrifying monsters of the season, in my opinion, because uh, it's like some sort of poisonous fish. It's got like a head. It's got two heads where it's like a one eye and these these three fangs coming out of its mouth and then a head coming out of the side that's like gooey and then a horn on the other side. It's ugh, frightening. I, I was terrified of this as a kid, even more terrified of the toy that came out, the evil space alien one, uh, eight oh, inch fig- figure. Um, God, they had a toy of this one. He, he, was, he was most known for the fact that he kind of sounded like Lord Zed and also sprayed blue goo that acted as acid and it ate through the Rangers costumes, that's right. messing with their abilities. And they fought on the beach too um he has a pretty sinister personality and you know aside from the blue goo he doesn't have too much in his arsenal um he does have this like cool swordfish kind of golden lance that he uses occasionally in battle which complements his uh, look pretty well with the navy and the crimson red uh for his look uh any any thoughts on him other than the fact that uh you know he's a typical defeated by power sword monster i barely if at all remember him he was another one that 
Really? Got lost. I know. See, he was vivid in my memory. <laughs> and see, I'm I'm the same. Uh, I'm there with Toby. Uh, I it was same as Octoplant. I forgot, I, and then I saw it, and I was like, "Oh man, yeah, I forgot about all about this one." And then you said he got a toy. It's like, oh, I forgot. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's because I played with the toys so much as a kid that really cemented the memories of these characters. Because otherwise, yeah, I I wouldn't have anything to connect with them. But th- this one very much uh, at this point in the series, going back to the standard formula, felt so less epic than what it used to yeah so whenever you go back to something like this it left such a little impression yeah it also didn't help that he is one of the slower monsters as well as a giant too so we're like (laughs) you know just just get a few slashes in there and call it a day come on (laughs) yeah yeah so what do you what do you want to rank goofish i'll go with a c uh i don't remember you know and can't think of anything yeah straight c for me Looks cool, looks frightening, but aside from that, got nothing else going for it. Uh, moving on, we have Goatan, the Lion Goats from episode 44, Lions and Blizzards. Wow. And surprisingly, I... <laughs> Look, it's... The Lion Goat. What? What? Yeah. They were what? doing acid. I'm just yeah. going to say it. What, what the hell were they psych- thinking? <laughs> some kind of psychedelic, hey, a Lion Goat, right? And they're like, let's do it. I mean, it's it's a pretty redundant name, uh, probably the most of season one, but I kind of wish they went more the chimera route because that's essentially what it is. If you look closely, it has a snake tail, you know, a goat head on its chest or back. It's got some wings on the side of its shoulders. So really, it's taken another page from Greek mythology and they should have just called it a chimera. Or yeah, like... I, I do remember this one. Like yeah. he, he he made some impression on me. Yeah, he... because he was able to control the weathers, which was not a typical uh, monster power. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, he was uh, created from the Lion Trophy from the Angel Grove uh, Oddball Games, which is like some sort of decathlon type thing that they did, and they're all trying to win the trophy. I don't know. Um, But both this monster and Flighting Flea appear before Bulk and Skull before anyone else to terrorize them lightly, which I thought was kind of amusing in terms of like a monster pattern. Like they got to get warmed up, so they got to pick on the school bullies before they attack the rangers. No, that's good. They needed that. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they ended up sending them flying into the, the lake and they ended up getting all muddy and caught like a policeman afterwards. So, you know, good good uh, comedic humor. And of course the policeman wouldn't believe that uh, a lion goat attacked them. <laughs> like, okay, no, you've had monsters attack this town regularly. This is nothing out of the ordinary now. Yeah, I think they just choose to look the other way. <laughs> you were in the building and saw a freaking Zord two days ago. Don't give me this. Yeah. I mean, they should pay attention. This guy can uh, conjure blizzards, tornadoes, and thunder zords, according to Zordon. So it's a force to be reckoned with, and I'm sure he would give Storm from X-Men a run for her money. Um, just a fun, quick little Greek mythology fact, because I did dig a little deeper with this. Um, uh, Lobates, king of Lycia, ordered... Bellerophon to kill the chimera thinking he couldn't do it but trusting the gods with the winged horse pegasus uh, as his aid they shot down the flying beast together so originally this this uh, monster is supposed to fly to kind of mimic that lore um, but they just decided not to and just do standard you know beat him up fair once they once he went giants um, in terms of his arsenal besides the weather he uh, fires pink lasers from his eyes a couple of times uh, summons a whirlpool from goat mouth capture rangers um but he, he is the fluffiest monster I, I do have to say like he has a lot of fur on him with a little mm. bit of uh 
scale reptile armor mixed in. So, you know, it adds some visual appeal to him. Oh, th this is one of the few times where the Megazord fights in a blizzard and he actually gets frozen. It has to do with this weird, like, little spinny pirouette to uh, unfreeze somehow. And, oh. um, you know, after that, power slashes him. So uh, what do you rank uh, Lion Goat, whatever his name is? Gotan. Gotan. Yeah. Lion Goat! Uh, I Lion, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, Toby. Did that tickle no, no, your no, nostalgia? Just... Oh no, I know Thundercats. I mean, I know who Snarf is. Yeah, yeah. He's also part Canadian, apparently, too, because uh, my, uh, Gotan uh, summons a hockey stick to slap shot the Zord. I was about to say Snarf is not Canadian. No, no. But the hockey stick is uh, just uh, like the rake. It's it's ridiculous. So uh, yeah. I... I would give Gotan a B uh, just because I, I do remember the character. Uh, I do think the abilities are pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, it, not as much of a threat, but a solid villain. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he was better than average. I remember mm -hmm. him, I, I, even though I think it, the idea of this lion goat thing, I, I, I think it was unique. Uh, so I thought I, I definitely liked the lion head and stuff. I thought I thought that part of him looked really cool. Yeah. The goat, the goat being right there was kind of whatever, but uh, I would give him a B. Yeah, I give him a high B. I, I I was a little perturbed by his design at first, but um, he he grew on me when I saw him in action, and I liked his weather abilities too. Brought a unique dynamic to the monster fights. Um, moving on, we have fighting flea from episode forty six to flee or not to flee. That is the question. Uh, appropriate name with the alliteration has a nice ring to it, although the highly irritating voice, along with the highly irritating, you know, prison jumpsuit orange with the beady red eyes, I'm like, oh, I can't watch this anymore. Ugh. Uh, I thought it was interesting um, in the sense that, uh, I don't know, maybe more of an annoyance than an actual... Yeah real yeah. threat you know he yeah. bit you it caused a rash he could he could shrink that was kind of cool I, I think he was the technically the smallest monster that we've seen this season like uh with weave worm being a close second place because it was like he shrunk down to actual flea size and like was on kimberly's dog so when bulk and skull were like trying to return the dog for a reward um by calling a phone booth in the park and then the flea shows up from the dog they're like ah uh, similar to um gotan so I think that adds a little bit to its uh, interest. But aside from that, it doesn't really have much of a lasting impression. I mean, it only fights melee attacks. There's no weapons yeah. or anything. Yeah, I, I liked the design of it. Uh, I, I didn't like the voice. <laughs> she, I, think... uh, I, I noted this that um, Fighting Fleet, I don't know if it's a girl or a boy based on the voice, but it I, sounded a lot like Katrina Johnson giggling like um, Ross Perot from all that. <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe it, maybe it's her gig before all that. Who knows? <laughs> it was just it, it wasn't one of the better ones. Uh, no. it, I think it was specifically designed just for the annoyance factor. Yeah, yeah. Get, through, get through an episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty lame, pretty annoying. Typical defeated by power sword. I give it a D. Same. Yeah. Cool. Uh, on to the very original jellyfish in episode 47, Reign of the Jellyfish. And I'm just going to say this right off the bat. I think it's ugly. I didn't like it. I think it's unoriginal. 
And I really miss the little umbrella things that attach to its weird pink pointy uh, shoulder spikes that were apparently lost in transit from uh, Japan to America when they were reusing the costume. Yeah, I have no memory of Jellyfish one at all. Neither do I. I don't even think I got around to watching this one in preparation for the episode. So it's okay. Really... You, you weren't missing much. I mean, some of these U2 monsters that happen after Doomsday aren't aren't much. They're kind of just here filler to satisfy the craving for more Power Rangers. Um, this one really didn't have anything going for it that hasn't been seen before. It has toxic spray that melts everything that touches, like park benches especially. Um, it uses an actual umbrella, a pink veiny umbrella that it opens up and deflects attacks from the Megazord. So it's got at least something in terms of like countermeasures to uh, fight against it and has like little brief teleportation hops, which is more of a gimmick than a useful uh, strategy since it's not fully utilized. Um, so I I'm not going to go too much into the, the battle or anything like that. You know, it's fairly slow when it's giant. So I give it a, a D as well. And I would just say C, just because I don't remember it. Yeah, I, I would go. I, I would go either way with that. I don't remember it. It looks. It doesn't look good. So I would go towards a D, yeah. just based on the fact that doesn't it look got, like a jellyfish. Well, it's got legs no. and arms, and then it's got some just thing. I, I, you can, I can't make out any kind of head or anything on it. it yeah, just, and I don't remember it at all. It's it's very abstract and doesn't it doesn't have much characterization in line with its assumed persona of a jellyfish right doesn't even sting so whatever um moving on we have <laughs> a very original monster as well the mantis from episode 48 plague of the mantis and despite its equally boring name as the jellyfish um i actually remember this one quite well from the gung-ho episode of uh or sorry that's that's how i remember this episode as gung-ho where trini's doing like tai chi with her uh sensei and has to learn how to like fight better or learn the honor and tradition that goes along with martial arts. And uh, this, this villain is essentially a giant mantis with two legs, um, taunts Trini a lot in the woods, fairly fast, got some cool praying mantis arms to you know, slash her back and forth. Uh, does not actually fight fair, even though uh, it claims it does. So it's very manipulative uh, in that sense, which you don't get to see too often from Power, Power Ranger monsters. Uh, other than that, uh, I think it was transformed from Trini's Kung Fu uh, Master's Pet Mantis. So it's kind of like a foreshadowing of what Lord Zed does with his monsters in season two, which are based off of objects or everyday kind of things uh, instead of just spells or clay monsters that Finster makes. And uh, lures Trini into a battle one on one before the Megazord takes it out with a couple of slashes and the Power Sword blow. I thought it was pretty. I thought it was pretty lackluster. Yeah. It was, as you said, unoriginal. It just was essentially a praying mantis. Yeah. Um, I always enjoy the Power Ranger stories that focus in on one ranger dealing yes. with some kind of issue. Right. But this, but the monster itself was meh. Yeah. So, uh, I I agree with Toby. Uh, I another insect villain is just highly unoriginal. And uh, I mean, we've already had insect villains. I mean, we just had a flea. Yeah. And you could tell they were running out of ideas at this particular point. And it just felt like they were running on fumes. And I did like the one on one with Trini. Mm -hmm. And I did like that uh, they, they pulled a little bit of gimmick with, uh, with our grandfather's uh, mantis. But mm -hmm. the villain was just, eh, eh. I wasn't impressed. 
Yeah. I, I like the look of the Mantis. Um, it didn't really have much going for its powers or fighting style. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's praying Mantis Kung Fu fighting style, whatever that yeah. is, or if it's true to that or not. Um, but for I rank doubt it is. Yeah. It's Power Rangers. <laughs> uh, I give it a ranking as like a low C just because I like the look of the Mantis. I like the little trainee interactions with it. Um, Megazord Battle didn't care for no, nothing beyond that in terms of personality or memorability. I, I would probably give it a C just based on, you know, I mean, it looks okay. Uh, it, it just was, again, kind of just a, eh, it's just, yeah, it was one of those monsters they fought. And in, my way of thinking c is right on the category of ah, don't remember you but if i remember you and you just didn't leave much of an impression i i drop you down to a d so that's where mm-hmm. i would rank mantis for this one that's fair uh moving on we have drama from episodes 49 and 50 return of an old friend where we get to see surprise surprise <laughs> tommy uh after he lost his powers and the interesting thing about this monster other than the fact that it's a purple and orange mole like when do you see that is um, that we, it spends the entire first part uh, essentially just burrowing underground, causing havoc within uh, the Angel Grove juice bar, which I thought was interesting because it's a very non-direct approach to attacking the Rangers. Um, so I got to give it points for strategy there. And the fact that it has really stinky armpits that somehow cause the sky to go from all sunshine and rainbows <laughs> to like dark doom and death. Oh, like, God. <laughs> Is that for real? I don't remember this one. That is for real. And there's also an evil space alien figure that's even extra purple and orange, like Nickelodeon purple and orange uh, depicting it. It's something. That's that's interesting. I remember (laughs) nothing about Dremel. Yeah, same. It's got toxic armpits. That's all you need to know. And it got defeated by the Ultra Sword. And it grumbles. That that helps it in my book because it makes me laugh. But other (laughs) than that, uh, I, I would have to give it good God. I would have to give it a C. Yeah, same. Uh, just because it was just there. Yeah. I, I like the look of it, similar to how I like the design of Mantis, but there's really no personality there. And I feel like defeating it with an Ultra Zord was overkill in this situation. Like it didn't, its power level didn't warrant an Ultra Zord kill. It could have been defeated with the Power Sword or maybe Dragon Zord battle mode at most because of its um, tough hide. Yeah, and at this point, the Ultra Zord was starting to feel like the Power Sword, where it was becoming more and more commonplace. Yeah, when we saw it like one or two times, we were like, whoa, that's so cool. They got to pull out all the stops to kick his butt. But now it's like, okay, you know, here we go again on the little Titanus chariot. Do we get any upgrades this time? (laughs) Uh, Moving on, we have Grumblebee from episode 51, also called Grumblebee. Uh, Kind of a catchy name, very fitting because it's a... I don't know if it is fitting because it's technically a wasp, not a, not a bee, uh, but it looks cool. It looks threatening. It's got a very uh, yellow, black, orange color palette to it. Uh, kind of built. Um, it, it attacks mainly Billy and trainee in this episode, more so Billy because he's got like anxiety surrounded from getting bad grades, which to him is a B uh, on exams. So somehow Grumblebee plays on that like anxiety and fear and, perfectionism where it um you know messes with his head a little bit with making supersonic buzzes and also lots of puns which can be annoying um he also has a a special type of venom that erodes billy's self-esteem after you know he got his grades back from his exam uh forces billy and train to retreat as a result of that um also utilizes his wings for the supersonic waves 
And uh, I, this is one of the few instances where uh, the, the rangers have to retreat to the command center and to make a new device to like stop the monsters instead of just use, use what they have already in their weaponry. Uh, he works with Alpha 5 to make a special device to like weaken the bee. I can't tell you what it looks like or what it does specifically, but it's, it's something that he like uses. I think it's like a triceratops looking blaster of some sort, if mm -hmm. I recall correctly. Um, he ends up stinging the rangers while they're in tank mode before forming the Megazord, uh, leaps great distances and uses kicks with supersonic buzz, as I mentioned before. Uh, insults the power sword as it's charging up, which I thought was a nice poke at the whole formulaic uh, battles in, in the show. And he got his own 5.5 inch action figure, uh, which came wow. with this weird satellite dish weapon thing that is totally irrelevant to his character. So with all that being said, and his cameos in season two and season three, uh, what would you want to rank him? I do remember this one. Uh, I, I remember the effect that he had on uh, Billy and Trini, uh, especially Billy. But I do like a villain that does personal attacks and tries to drive apart the Power Rangers. Uh, and, and I like when they try to attack the smartest uh, because Billy and Trini were the smartest uh, i think trini gets overshadowed a lot yeah but she was probably the only one who could really be on par with billy's ramblings uh te techno babble mm. so yeah. to to see when a villain really goes after two of the smartest team members you're you're really hitting the team pretty hard uh i, I think you're more effective at that than going after the leader because then yeah. the leader is going to be more worried about his team, and uh, and and I remember uh, really being frustrated about that. So uh, I not top tier, not not even close, but above average. Uh, I'd go B. Yeah, Bumble me B. too. Bumblebee gets triple Bs from We Three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought he looked. I thought he looked pretty cool. Um, and 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 again, uh, I thought he was better than average. Yeah. Well, with that being said, we're moving on to Two-Headed Parrots from episode 53, Two Heads Are Better Than One. If you love Gotan, then you're going to love this guy because he has uh, a second head in his stomach, just like the other one. <laughs> but they're both parrots this time, and they actually like to argue with each other for some reason. So um, what do you want to say about this guy? I mean, he's got a weird feathery, fleshy color palette to him, reds, uh, flesh tone, and yellow beak. Uh, he's surprisingly agile. He likes to leap from trees. Um, he does have a little bit of flight, not much. Uh, he does have an evil space uh, alien toy version that's five and a half inches. Came with a razor edge fetter adorned shield that I kind of wish that he used as a weapon in the show, but it is what it is. Um, the, but more importantly than like his appearance or just his typical uh, you know, attacks with the Megazord resulting in its defeat by the Ultra Zord, uh, what stood out to me is his method of defeat, or at least his his method of being disarmed. So what happens is um, Tommy goes to the juice bar and finds out that uh, Ernie has a special fruit called the pomango. And it's apparently this rare exotic fruit that two-headed parrot finds irresistible. So he, he gets um, Ernie's last pomango fruit instead of using it in like Ernie's smoothie uh, for the juice bar. And then just throws it at the two-headed pair and they begin fighting over it. 
So, you know, using that little strategic move, um, you know, just defeats him. Um, a, lot, a lot of his attacks, he counters with feather darts, both when attacking the Rangers and the Me Megazord. And, you know, aside from being bipolar, that's pretty much it. Like, not really much else to uh, talk about him. He does fight melee, too, with his talons. Yeah, the I do remember the Pamango, the fruit part of the story, but he uh, did, did not make an impression on me. I do remember something about, though, again, vaguely, uh, Ernie and this fruit. Yeah. So I know I saw the episode, but I do not remember that monster. The, the fruit is more memorable than the monster. I think we are in agreement there. Yeah, I, I was going to side with Toby on that. And uh, as an adult, all I see is if you took the door knockers from Labyrinth and put it in a bird. Oh, gosh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what you did. They were great. I can it, see no, if you combine the door knockers with the firebirds from Labyrinth. Mm -hmm. There you go. Bam. Cool. So what should we rank uh, Two-Headed Parrot? I mean, I would give him a C. Low, at, at, low at C most. for me. Yeah. Low C. Okay. Well, I hope you like birds because we got another bird here. It's uh, the <laughs> Pexter, who uh, is in episode 53, Foul Play. Uh, very fitting name. And he's actually a very jovial uh, monster. He, he's like very playful, very lively. He loves to engage in and witty banter with the rangers which i find a refreshing pace from like the typical ah i've got to defeat you rangers no he's here to have fun while killing them um so you know that's pretty cool about his personality very lively uh he engages with zach in playing a game involving some balloons and he ends up pecking them because how could you not want to peck them with a giant beak like his and uh one of them turns out to be like this really thick dodgeball that he gets his beak stuck in uh which i thought was a great way to outsmart uh smart the bird and while he's like wrestling with it they're like trying to trying to blast him into oblivion with the power blaster um, but oh, i think they gosh. slightly miss you want to talk about that alex <laughs> no, i had because this one i i had no memory of and i didn't get a chance to re-watching this one and then just that bit that you talked about i remembered that yeah uh, uh yeah that that that's it i remember that part yeah. That, I don't I didn't remember the villain. I, I didn't remember the, the jovial banter, but I remember them outwitting with a dodgeball. And I remember that image of that stupid bird. Yeah. Yeah. What do I do now? Well, mm. once he uh, grows big, he actually has a decent arsenal of uh, weaponry and attacks uh, to use against the Rangers. Uh, in addition to having flight, uh, which is utilized more with him than other uh, bird related monsters. He also has uh, various pecking attacks throat darts, toxic tornadoes, and can summon putties, and is also adept at hand-to-hand -hand combat. Uh, I would say he's even one of the fastest hitting monsters of the season, giving Dark Warrior and Nasty Knight a run for their money. Like, he's really quick, lightning fast. Um, and he's in, uh, the Megazord is actually using the Mammoth Shield in a rare instance to defend against his attacks too, because his beak's just so relentless and sharp and can pierce through anything, apparently. Um, he does do the whole wing flapping thing, which I know King Sphinx did it first, but it, it can't be helped because it's a bird. Um, and then, you know, before it's demise from the power sword, I also like that he taunts and laughs, um, you know, as he's about to meet his doom. So
maybe he's not the strongest monster, but he's definitely the fastest and the most enjoyable in terms of personality. So, you know, I, I thought I thought it was unique in that way. I thought he was decent. Um, yeah. I, I like the way he looks. I do think it's funny that he was laughing when he died. I think that might be a, <laughs> that might best be way to a, go out. <laughs> that might be a first, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, um, I, I thought he was uh, the perfect balance of. Um, I think he's the first humorous, not, I mean, they, they, they all at times can be funny, the, 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 the monsters, but he actually was like a stand-up comedian. Yeah. Right. You know, I can see him like, in the, in the beginning of Seinfeld, just yeah, like, like a show called Pexter. Yeah. He's trying what's to do with those Rangers. <laughs> so he kind of is unexpectedly pretty good. Like when you see him, he doesn't seem like he's got a whole lot to him, yeah. but. I'll, I I think he's good. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, um, I did note that he was also attacked by the cranial laser from the Megazord, which is a rare instance where we see that power being used. Uh, so that was pretty cool. But he easily retaliated that and regained his composure. Um, I think he's one of the most dangerous batch of monsters of the season in terms of his strength. Like, I think his humor undermines his true power. And the fact that they had to outsmart him just goes to show that you know, if they just played it straight, they might not have been lucky. Um, mm -hmm. Other than that, he's got an evil space alien figure with retractable wings, which is pretty cool. And for all those reasons that we've discussed, I give him a high B. Yeah, uh, I, I'm good with a high B. I, I would almost give him an A, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I would agree with that. And and I was going to give him a C till you mentioned the dodgeball. Then I was like, oh, <laughs> yep, nope. So I, I conceived with B. Solid, yeah. Uh, moving on, we have another fan favorite. Spoiler: uh, with Pumpkin Rapper from Episode Fifty Four, Trick or Treat. <laughs> Great fitting name. Love the look. I, I don't know why his pumpkin head is upside down and why he's got a weird corset thing going on here, but it's it, it works for him. It, it, he's totally uh, monster chic uh, in his appearance. Yeah, he's uh, one of the best looking ones. He he is yeah. an iconic villain. Yeah, uh, not just because I'm I'm a big fan of Halloween. Uh, which I am, but um, he just looks really cool. <coughs> yeah, and I very much remember him. I liked him a lot. He, he's the he's the rapping monster um, that everyone remembers because he always says like something like cheesy white rapper '90s before he about he's about to attack the Rangers. And I don't know. I think I, some people may find that grating. Like I see Alex shaking his head, but I find it charming in a silly way. I really wanted to dislike this villain. <laughs> the, the, I there was that it was everywhere. Uh, everything had to rap in the nineties, and yeah, even Michael Malley did it in uh, Get the Picture, so everyone uh, had to get in on that. <laughs> and and oftentimes it just wasn't good, uh, especially when you're putting it in a kids show. Uh, it was it was just bad. Uh, so whenever this character came out and I was like, ah, yes, it, oh, crap. Now we're doing this. Oh, you're really cool. Oh, I really like your design. Oh, and now you're rapping again. Oh, now yeah. you're doing the cool power thing. Give and take. Uh, it, take the rap away. Either that or, you know, have a professional rapper like uh, Rum DMC <laughs> or uh, Ice Cube uh, serve as the voiceover for Pumpkin Rapper, you know, make I, it legit. <laughs> I really want to not like this character just on the rapping principle alone, but even with it, it's still a really cool villain. 
Yeah, yeah. And he has a decent arsenal of moves too. Like he can he can stun uh the Rangers with like this Ivy wrap that he's got going on. Uh he can he can suffocate them with um jack-o'-lanterns, uh, pumpkins put on their heads, which is interesting, uh considering the fact that he can summon putties with jack-o'-lanterns on their heads as well. Um just bleh, about and um I don't know. Uh what else can I say about him? uh he steals the dino blasters with the whip and uh wrap, wraps them up so you know he's not he's not just being a goofy monster he's still fighting with some strategy and the rangers are actually having a hard time you know getting the upper hand until tommy shows up and just saves the day as he tends to do out of, of nowhere so uh you know that's that and i kind of wish that we got to see his uh giant zord footage because apparently it was made for him but I think due to time constraints with the with the story, they had to cut it out. Um, so he got he got taken out with the power blaster after Tommy immobilized him. But even even so, I think he's an iconic, lovable uh, monster. He still has a lightning collection toy based off him to this day. Um, so I'm going to give him an S for my ranking. Yeah, when I saw when I saw him and read about him and remembered him, I was like, that's at least an S. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm happy with that. I think that's definitely good. Uh, and I would say A, and you both know why I drop him from an S to an A. Gee, you Rangers make me mad. I don't understand you. Why so bad? That's why. That's why. <laughs> well, I, I won't let you uh, hang on to that bad memory any longer because we have Sakado <laughs> with episode 55, Second Chance. Um, Love the name, love the gimmick, love the look. It's an armadillo who rolls up into a giant soccer ball and is kicked around in the field for a little bit before it fights the Rangers with its claws, its blue eye laser things, and uh, even deflects the a few of the po more powerful Ranger attacks against it, like um, that, that weird thing where they do the human pyramid and put their, their yeah. Zoo daggers together and do the crystal explosion thing, and then... I think it deflected the power blaster blast too. So it's it's one of the tougher like defensive uh, monsters uh, that Rita has sent down to attack them. Uh, other than that, uh, I, I think uh, the ball itself is just as destructive as its normal form because it can roll around and even like do this weird gyroscope levitating thing where it can just like hover in the air and like knock them over. Uh, so I think that's pretty effective and gives a little bit of uh, dynamic range to the character. Um, Finster does say that it has electric needles as a move, but we never actually get to see it. So, you know, that's unfortunate. Maybe it's from the Japanese footage. Uh, I like how the putties play soccer with it at the beginning to add to its comedic charm. So that's a plus in my book. Uh, other than that, it had a eight inch evil space alien figure that I also got to play with at my friend's house. Very fun. So it's, it sticks in my memory a little bit more for that reason and enjoying its design and just armadillos in general. Uh, other than that, killed with the mega power sword, had a marvelous spinning death, really enjoyed it. What do you guys think? Uh, I, I do remember him turning into a ball and being kicked around. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool, you know, like an armadillo. Mm. Uh, I, I think he looked pretty good. It might've been a girl cause its voice was high pitched, but it was mm. hard to tell like fighting flea too. But outside of the putties kicking him around, I, I don't have, I don't remember much. Uh, but he didn't make a major impression. Made an impression. I made an impression more than some of these other ones did. Yeah. Uh, but uh, not a huge impression. 
Mm-hmm. I, I would put it mid tier. Uh, I do remember wondering as a kid if Sonic the Hedgehog was an inspiration for this character. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, obviously, not being uh, a hedgehog, but an armadillo. But still, the the basic premise was still there of curling up into a ball and roll mm-hmm. and do a roll attack and things like that. And also, it be its major defense uh, as well as its offense. I mean, if you think about it, I think you can make the comparison of Sonic to Lokar as well, because he's blue and spiky like a porcupine. <laughs> but I do I do remember this one quite well, and I think he really put up a, a, a good fight. Uh, probably a better defensive fight than most this season. Mm. Cool. So uh, what should we rank Sakadillo then? I'd go solid B. Yeah, yeah I would go with a B. That's yeah, good. B. It deserves it. Uh, moving on, we have Slippery Shark from episode 56 on Fins and Needles. And uh, I really like, as goofy as it's like frozen terror face looks, um, I really like the design of this monster. And I like the the boomerang fin weapon that it's got and how it like acts as a land shark underneath the, the ground as it's like surfing around the, the forest or whatever and trying to like manipulate Jason and Tommy to like fight against each other. So it's, it's got a more of a strategic uh, outlook than just straight on attacking the Rangers. Um, kind of similar to Drummond in that it like, likes to stay underground until it can't anymore. And then it just goes on the offensive. Uh, other than that, it's a shark, hammerhead shark, which is pretty cool. Got a toy figure, uh, also looks pretty cool. That's probably why I remember it so well. I like the name. Um, it ducks the mega power slash, which does not happen often, if ever, uh, but ends up getting uh, getting slashed a second time into oblivion. So what do you guys think about Slippery Shark? I remember him. Uh, I liked him. Uh, he had uh, he had the boomerang fin. Yep. You know, uh, I thought it looked really the eyes, you know, being like really wide and stuff and it just looked kind of creepy, kind of bizarre. Yep. Um, so I, I think he was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> I think he was kind of on par with um, the uh, Sacramadillo, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, but I remember him more. So, uh, yeah. Okay, Alex. And I think uh, opposite for me with uh, Sacramadillo, <laughs> where I remember his appearance, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, what do you guys want to rate Slippery Shark then? I would rate him a B because I, I you know, really remember him. He made an impression. Um, I'm going to give him an A because I, my impression was deeper with him and I thought him more terrifying in terms of his look and the way he moved so fast underneath the ground and then popped up. Because, you know, my kind of like Doug uh, from Nicktoons, my imagination yeah. would run wild with some of these monsters and imagine what it'd be like if they attacked me in Angel Grove and just being afraid of having like a really fast shark that like swam underground, pop up out of nowhere and attack me with like a boomerang fin and that that garish, you know, frozen look on his face. And I would also say B. Cool. Uh, moving on, we have the Lizinator from episode 57. Enter the Lizinator. Uh, powered by Arnold Schwarzenegger parodies, apparently. <laughs> um, he's, he's, he has an interesting little backstory about his um, composition because I don't think he's necessarily a like, clay monster that Finster makes. He's, 
he in his wiki page he's uh made from super metals from another galaxy so he's got some he's got some resilience to rival sacadilla and even surpass um i did not like his look at all i thought he was butt-ass ugly like one of, <laughs> one of the worst looking ones aside from uh yeah from uh Pelutacorn and maybe even gnarly gnome but i i think gnarly gnome looks a little bit better because the whole viking outfit but this one is just like oh i couldn't stand it on screen it was like the shade of white with the hair and the, and the dark gray and for some reason he liked picking up cars he didn't care that much about fighting the rangers especially jason when he cornered him he just like picking up tiny little geos that ned flanders would drive around and hurling them at the rangers for fun um but because of his resiliency, it took he took quite a lot of blows when um, they they sparred with him, and uh, he had he had quite a few attacks. He had this noxious breath that would immobilize the Megazord and Dragonzord. Uh, he had red eye lasers that would knock all the Rangers down. He could summon putties at will, which you know helps put on the pressure for the Rangers, as a few other monsters have done as well. Uh, also picks up the Dragonzord tail with ease, like Frankenstein and spins him around like a record ultimately defeated by ultra zord because what else do we have you know just go full on with this one since he's a he's a real toughie uh other than that what do you guys want to say about him i don't remember him at all (laughs) i don't remember either (laughs) i have no memory i mean you remember him for the arnold schwarzenegger right because i know i did that is the name (laughs) Uh, no, I, yeah, I, I, I don't remember, remember him. So what do you want to rank him then? Because I have nothing to give. I guess I would just say C. He was just kind of eh. Yeah. I want to give him a B because of the Arnold Schwarzenegger goofiness and the fact that he likes to throw cars because no other monster does that. I'm assuming he actually was like a, a, an impersonation where he did that ridiculous voice. It was bad, yeah. You uh, like to smash two walls too in abandoned warehouses, and that somehow scared me as a kid. So for that and the car thing, I give it a B. Uh, in the similar vein, though, we're gonna go with Rhino Blaster, which is another tough cookie. Uh, he was in episode fifty-eight of Football Season, and I kind of like his name. You know, it's kind of imposing, Rhino Blaster, like it's some sort of weapon in of itself. And uh, he's pretty threatening when you look at him because for some reason he's like ultra buff ultra muscular and then he has his head stuffed inside his neck uh with his big protruding golden horn sticking out um so you know he's got that going for him along with like uh putty's wearing football gear to like create a defensive line against the rangers when they fight against him he's got this cool saber that he likes to whip out especially against the dragon sword um talks in a lot of football jargon that's kind of forced but you know whatever it's more the plot's fault unless the monster's fault um he actually traps the rangers in a multi-dimensional vortex by spraying them with a white flurry of mist which we haven't actually seen in a while since around like madam woe maybe um uh, other than that he actually this is a rare instance where tommy's in the dragon zord fighting him and he gets knocked out because of an orange energy blast from his horn um something you don't see too often because tommy doesn't like to stay in his zord for some reason uh, ultimately, he's defeated by the Mega Dragon Zord with one of the Zeo Energy Ball blasts. Oh, he had a toy. He had an alien, evil alien space figure toy that I remember playing with. It wasn't very memorable to me. I, I do remember. I do remember him, and I had completely forgotten about the football player uh, Putty Patrol. 
but I did. <laughs> I say I don't remember, but I think part of me did because I, as I was recalling the character, I recalled the design, and I was thinking he looks like a football player. Doesn't mm-hmm. he? I think it's a rhinoceros looks like a football player, and then the Putty Patrol were, were football players. So I, I think part of me did re- recall some of that uh, more than I had originally uh, anticipated, more than I had thought initially, and uh, which makes sense because it's a freaking rhinoceros. I mean, the rhino on Spider-Man. They're good at charging. <laughs> the, yeah, the rhino on Spider-Man, very much the same uh, kind of uh, attack mode, very yeah. juggernaut. So it, 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 it tracks, and I recall him more than i thought and uh had quite a bit of resiliency so yeah i i would give him a solid b i give him a b too a high b i liked his design i liked his um not his gimmick but he he seemed like a well-rounded monster i liked how he sparred with the dragon zord as if it was like a personal vendetta against him mm. um especially since tommy fell out you don't see that ever so he definitely meant business. I liked how he had the dimensional vortex powers because we haven't seen that in a few episodes. So yeah, well-rounded, solid, good yeah, defensive since, monster. And since I don't remember much of him uh, for some reason, uh, I'll, I'll defer to you guys' rating. Okay. He's all around. Uh, moving on, we have Commander Crayfish from episode 59, Mighty Morphin Mutants. Great name, great look. Kind of looks like a lobster, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, with a sword for some reason instead of a claw cracker because that would have been more appropriate <laughs> um, what what makes him stand out though is that he actually uh, trains a group of putties uh, to be mighty morphin mutants so they take these weird like little clay uh, morphers and after some training montages on the beach they become you know the power rangers but because the red ranger putty can't cut it he gets cut from the team and then commander crayfish takes over because he's red enough i guess uh, they have a cool fight on the beach, and uh, you, you know you got one of these doppelganger situations where evil Green Ranger, evil Pink Ranger face their goody goody counterparts at the park, um, which is fun to see. And then a callback to the evil Green Ranger when Commander Crayfish grows giant, he actually brings uh, the Green Ranger uh, mutant along with him to grow large, along with uh, the blue and the black one. Uh, why the girls don't get in on that, I don't know. Uh, but they form some sort of like weird attack pyramid where Commander Crayfish sits on the Rangers and then just like goes around like this, like eh, eh, poking him with his sword until you know Megazord makes um, you know lobster dinner out of him. So, uh, what do you guys want to say about Commander Crayfish? I, I do remember Commander Crayfish. Uh, I remember liking him. He, he, he was solid. Thought he was really good. Uh, I like the way he looked. I, I, I Did you say he butters really good? <laughs> I, thought, I thought he looked really good. Uh, I thought he good was, enough to uh, eat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was good. Uh, I, I liked him a lot. I, I just remember, I remember him really well. I remember enjoying that episode. So I thought all in all, he was, he was a good villain. Yeah. I did not remember the crayfish. I remembered the doppelganger Power Rangers. Uh, I remember, I mean, obviously there was a monster, but I, d- I just didn't recall who the monster was. I remembered the, the Power Rangers with all the black gloves and the black mm-hmm. boots. And I remember them fighting their uh, appropriate counterpart. But, uh, and, and I thought that part was really, really cool. 
but as for the villain itself, I just I, I had no memory until now. Okay, hmm. fair enough. So uh, with our rankings, what do you guys want to rate Commander Crayfish in his? Well, we're not counting the mutants, so just him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked him. I would give him an A. I liked him a lot. I'm also going to give him an A. I think he's very charismatic, great design, great name, uh, unique uh, attack strategy. So, you know, for thinking outside the box, but not going too, too far, uh, he deserves that. And and I don't recall him, so I would say C, but I, I will defer to your judgments because I trust you both. Cool. Moving on with our last monster of the ranking before we do Rita's posse, uh, we have Oysterizer. From episode 60 in Oyster Stew. Um, I remember this episode very vividly as a kid. I don't know why, but I remember like um, Zach and Tommy on a double date with Kimberly and Angela at this weird French outdoor restaurant in the park. And they're all being like frozen because of these pearl earrings that um, uh, Zach got from Oysterizer disguised as a hobo for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's really bizarre. And even Bulk and Skull were there like um playing really bad rock and roll to serenade him it's like a valentine's day thing but anyways going back to the monster um he looks i don't know what to think of him he's very fleshy like mutitis and he's just covered scantily clad with open clams on the side of him and he's got this big honking pearl in the middle of his face he's got these two suggestive nozzles on his um stomach he has an that, audi yeah yeah he's he sprays pink goo from audi and somehow causes harm to Zach. And it's enough so to cause Tommy to lend him his dragon shield to Zach. So, you know, the reason why they have that Power Ranger toy of Zach as the dragon vest in the lightning collection is because of that episode. That's like the only instance where he wears the vest in the, you know, the American series. Uh, So we get to see Zach go one-on-one essentially with uh, Oysterizer with a little assist from Tommy. And this, this is interesting because uh, this is one of the only instances where they actually have an underwater Zord battle. They, uh, they go down underwater where Oysterizer apparently likes to be a giant. And uh, Dragonzord fights him because he's down there before he rises to the shore with the dragon flute prompting him. Um, so they have a brief little scuffle. And then Megazord gets down there because, you know, He's got to join the Dragonzord in battle and apparently he has to get over his fear of getting his feet wet to um, beat him up. But when that proves to be too much for both of them, they uh, they follow Oysterizer as he leaps right out of the water conveniently next to you know, a mountain range where they continue the fights. And um, you know, he Oysterizer then pulls out his weapon, which is like this ball and chain type of thing where it's like a spike on one end and then a pearl on the other wraps it around the, the dragon sword and the mega sword, um, you know, kind of keeps the edge on him. And then, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, he's just a few by another mega power sword slash, which, you know, is expected, but it's still a fun, interesting battle in of itself because of the places it takes us and how you kind of have to re-strategize to think, you know, oh, hopefully there aren't any like, um, cracks in this megazord so that it doesn't start filling the cockpit with water while we're fighting because we've never done this before <laughs> you know it makes you think if it's equipped like a submarine or not for that kind of uh combat uh so what do you guys have to say about oysterizer i remember being um really uh you know there's no eyes on it so it, it's just this clam with a pearl and arms and legs 
but I still like the way it looked. I thought it was creative the way they were somehow able to finagle getting a monster out of this thing that, and, and, and they made sense of it, even with the big pearl, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, I do remember it because I remember being like, how did they figure, how did they visualize that? And I thought it was cool. You know, I thought it was a good episode. Uh, I did like the, um, the fighting, you know, uh, was it the underwater, uh, what was it? Uh, like, like, like you mentioned, like, uh, the Megazord, like a submarine, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I just thought it was good. I, I do remember it very much. It was also, of course, you know, uh, it, it being the last episode you know of that, se that of that season um you know it was good that they at least ended it with a with a creative villain you know all in all a solid villain and i it's another i have no memory of that one hmm. i think you're missing out alex this is a good one um so what do you guys want to give it for a rating then a moisturizer because i'm going to give it an a i love it yeah i was going to give it an a I, I i remember just for the sheer creativity of it yeah it. yeah it, it was a it was a fresh way to end the season uh, even though it had been long extended past its prime and much like the last one just because i have no memory of it i will defer to the two of you cool well we got through all 50 monsters hooray wow you completed a marathon i'm proud of you too <laughs> um do we want to do a, a really quick recap we can we can do a recap. I'll just run through them real fast because they, they won't take long to go through these. Sure. Uh, but uh, our F category, bottom of the barrel, we have Giant, Mr. Tinkle Sneezer, Wheel of Misfortune, and Rockstar. Oh, wow. Our our D category, our, these are kind of bad. Uh, chunk, the Chunky Chicken, Snizzard, Babe Ruthless, the Fighting Flea, and Jellyfish. And C uh, was our has our most entries uh, because we had a lot in here that were just forgettable. We have Bones, the Minotaur, the Gnarly Gnome, Pine Octopus, uh, Genie, Spitflower, Weave Worm, Fang, Polluticorn, Twin Man, Octoplant, Goofish, Mantis, Drummel, Two-Headed Parrot, and the Lizinator. Oh, wow. <laughs> Our, our solid B category, we had Terror Toad, Spidertron, Frankenstein's Monster, or Frankenstein, Cyclops, Goten, the Lion Goat, Grumblebee, Pexter, Sacadillo, uh, so Slippery Shark, and Rhino Blaster. All right, now we're getting to some good ones. A category, our Pudgy Pig. The Dark Warrior, Shell Shock, Samurai Fan Man. All right, help me. Uh, Hatchosaurus and Cardiotron. Card Cardiotron. Cardiotron, thank you. Commander Crayfish and Oysterizer. And top tier, our S category, Eye Guy and Pumpkin Wrapper. Double S, The Nasty Knight, Madam Woe. In Mutitis. And finally, our triple S, King Sphinx, Cyclopsis, and of course, the evil Green Ranger. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's a very fair list based on uh, what we've covered. Yeah, I think it's good. And, he, and mostly evenly dispersed. You know, most of it's in, in the middle, and then 
you know, spreading thin in both directions. So nice. Uh, listeners, what do you think about that list? Do you uh, rank the monsters of season one any different? Let us know uh, by e- emailing us at splatattack2021 at gmail.com or DMing us on Instagram. We'd love to hear what your differences would be for the ranking. Um, we're going to move right along with a couple more segments with a quick bonus overview of Rita's Rita Repulsa's posse, uh, where we have Goldar, Scorpina, Squat, Finster, Babu, and of course, Rita. Um, so running through those really quick, what do you think of Goldar? Because uh, I'm not going to go over too much about what I have for my notes, because we all know who Goldar is and what he's capable of. Um, I would give Goldar an uh, I would give Goldar an S. Uh, I, I, I think he's uh, he's always shown up when things are really pivotal. He was the first one they fought uh, as far as being in, enlarged. Um, and he has, you know, always been um, a staple throughout the episodes, throughout the show, throughout the series, but also uh, has has been there really at pivotal times, whether it was with Cyclopsis or with uh, the Green Ranger with the candle. And so, yeah. Yeah, and and I said earlier he was the one. Anytime that he showed up, I got nervous because <sighs> that's when they meant business, right? Yeah, he was great at assisting other monsters that were rather lackluster. Uh, he always knew how to put on the hurt and always, you know, fulfilled Rita's plans no matter how insane they were. Um, I liked how he had wings, even though he didn't use them as much later in the season, and his very cool-looking sword. Um, you know, in, in addition to what you guys said. Uh, he does like to grow big and summon putties in battle. You know, he's he's very well-rounded, very formidable foe. Likes to go one-on-one with some of the rangers to do whatever he can to weaken them, uh, either for the monster or just straight up uh, for the episode. So, yeah, I'm in agreement. Let's give him an S. I, I like, above anything, um, him piloting Cyclopsis and fighting Jason one-on-one for the green candle. Yes. That's, that's like the highlight moment of Goldar. Yeah. Cool. Uh, moving on to Scorpina. Um, what do you guys think of her? Okay, uh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead Toby. Go for it. <laughs> when I was, I make... when I was a 13 year old young lad, uh, uh, me and my cousin both, you know, a couple of preteen young men, uh, we thought she was pretty hot, so uh, mm-hmm. we we did in, we did <laughs> like her. <laughs> We're nodding in agreement, <laughs> uh, back, back so... then, not now. So we don't get our uh, girlfriend and wives in trouble. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we thought, you know, yeah. So uh, we liked her very much. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Didn't really matter what she did. It just mattered that she stood around. And I, I mean, yeah. she was she was a femme fatale. You know, she right. lured you in with her appearance and her slightly dangerous look with the weird, like, sc- scorpion motifs with her right. helmet. And she had this cool, like, bo- uh, curved blade that was similar to Slippery Shark's boomerang fin um she she didn't quite see as much battle action as say goldar for example but she did contribute here and there on her own and occasionally assisted goldar when um they went giant which by the way i I don't know what they have against using non-humans as like giant form but when she turns giant it's like you know she starts out small oh ooh, and then giant form ah get away from me because right. <laughs> she turns yeah. into a full-on scorpion there yeah and, um, she's like an actual you know, monster yeah yeah she grows out a tail from the top of her head and you know gets gets her gauntlet turned into a giant pincer claw and you know occasionally you know brings the hurt um 
I was always Team Scorpina. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it's funny that more over like that, Kimberly or Trini. You mean? Oh yes, I was not really Team Kimberly or Trini. Uh, any of the Power Rangers, really. Uh, I, I know a lot of kids my age, boys my age, really thought Kimberly was super hot, and they really liked her a lot. I wasn't in that category. I didn't dislike her or find her unattractive. I just didn't crush on her like some of the other boys did. Then Scorpina showed up and I was like, Mm -hmm. ah, okay, I could watch you the whole 30 minutes, just 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 you. And of course, all the guys (laughs) were like, what is wrong with you? Like, what is shut up? Leave me alone. I I guess we're in the minority (laughs) then, because uh, you know, similar feelings. Yeah. Um great looking <laughs> outfit let's move yeah. on <laughs> let's, let's give her a, a double s and just get on to yeah. finster i'm um, good with that yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh finster so he, he kind of reminds me of billy a little bit because he's the tinker he's the guy behind the scenes to help yeah. you know he's the glue of the team who helps make things work he supplies the monsters he occasionally provides a little bit of uh lore and intrigue behind the creation of the monsters occasionally consults with Frida to to figure out like what to make for her sometimes obviously his monsters don't land but sometimes they also do so I you know I I don't have the statistics I think he's slightly more effective than not um I like his appearance he's very he reminds me of like something that came out of the dark crystal um I don't know I'll give him an A I like him yeah, I would for his just because of his sheer importance to Rita's operation. Yeah. Um, would give him an edge. I feel like I can have a really intelligent, enjoyable conversation if we went to uh, a coffee shop together. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Yeah. And and I also wonder if he wouldn't, if he wasn't such a sweatshop with Rita, he might put out better right. creatures if she yeah. wasn't rushing him constantly every week with with something new. Like that's, that's something. Out. That's something it's an oyster. What do you want me to do with it? That's something management never understands about being an artist. You need time. You need space. You need inspiration to be creative and effective at what you do. You can't just rush it like a machine because obviously that has consequences. I mean, bad creations create bad outcomes. So, you know, Rita's got to let up on him and give him the space he needs to do his best work. And she never will. He, he needs to get a new job. I think he should have uh, worked for Lord Zed. Um, he didn't really do much in season two, but you know we can talk about that later when we get to the ranking of that season, if we do. Yeah. Um, squat. So <laughs> he's, <clears throat> he's spiky. He's he's bulbous. He's dumb. He occasionally meddles in um, you know Rita's plans. He likes Gooniberg eggs. <laughs> What do you want to say about him? <laughs> he made, what, he helped make shell shock. What was the point of Squat and Babu? Outside of just trying to be the comedic foil. Yeah. But, but you already had Balkan Skull for that. So why? I, I think they're Rita's versions of them. You know, if yeah, you put them side by side, yeah, they're kind true. of like twins, two sets of twins. Um, yeah, I can't really say much about them. Um, you know, shell shocks, yeah, shell shocks an accomplishment and and uh, I think a, a figure of Babu showed up in King of the Road and Pete and Pete as Captain Zornan. But other than that, okay. Yeah, I, I didn't care much for Squat. I, I at least thought Babu was funny. I thought his voice was mm-hmm. funny, the way he talked. Yeah. yeah. Look I at thought, me, talk of me. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like that high least, pitch. I thought at least Babu made me laugh. Squat, I just thought was just some idiot. 
Yeah. Um, I'd probably give squat a D. Yeah. Um, yeah. And give Babu, um, just because he made me laugh all the time, I'd probably give him like a C or a yeah. B maybe. I'd give him a B. I'm giving yeah. him a B and I'm giving squat an F because he's a waste of space. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. I, I mean, I could have gone D, but no, I don't like seeing him on screen. Waste of time. Um, oh, <laughs> how can I forget? We have last but not least Rita Repulsa, uh, you know, iconic name, iconic look. She's always angry. She always has a headache. She has a kick-ass looking wand that likes to make her magic monsters grow. Um, she's not very strategic with her, with her plans most of the time, but occasionally when she delves into the realms of dark magic, she does get the upper hand. Uh, I would say like with Mutitis and Cyclopsis, that was like the closest she's gotten to like a complete total victory for the episode. But aside from that, it's just like, well, throw something out there. It doesn't work. Oh, I have a headache. Leave me alone, you buffoons. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you guys think about her? Can we just appreciate the fact that she was just thrown in a dumpster? <laughs> yeah, a space dumpster, a golden one. <laughs> I think that's hysterical. Yeah. Definitely points for originality origin story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, Rita is iconic. Um, she's the reason why it's, it's all gone bad. I don't think you could not give her a triple S, you know, yeah, because she's the queen of this whole thing. Yeah, I, I got to give it to her, too. Even if she has her flaws and annoyances and formulaic uh, reactions. But that's who doesn't know about her. That's, that's part of what makes her such an iconic villain, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Very identifiable characteristics. Yes. And there's a reason why Zordon had to seal her away. I mean, I think uh, with her age, maybe she's she's become impulsive and impatient, but obviously she's quite the force to be reckoned with Yeah, uh, for Zordon to be like, hey, we got to lock her away and stuff, you know. Uh, but yeah, uh, I would say triple S for me. Cool. So we're in agreement there. Uh, quick recap of Rita's posse, Alex. Collectively, squat at d mm -hmm. babu at b finster at a goldar at s scorpina at double s and at triple s we have rita repulsa seems appropriate <laughs> what do you guys think uh slimesters and gackoids uh for rita's posse how would you rank them let us know via email gm uh moving right along so we're time conscious let's do our say what segment so we're going to find out um, what monsters say what. Say what? Say what? Say what? So question one, who, which monster said this? I'll make bug juice out of you. Jeez, how many bug villains <laughs> do we have? God. I'm going to have to take a total guess on this one. Uh... I was going to say fighting a flea, but I don't think a flea would really make bug juice. Uh, Mantis. Yeah, Mantis. That would be my answer. Mantis is correct. Right. Oh, hey. Da, 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 da. One point each. Okay, second one. Your genius will be appreciated where I'm taking you. I, I was trying to think of a, a character that is at least intelligent. I'm trying to, it obviously wouldn't be Frankenstein's monster. Think about what he's saying. Your genius will be appreciated where I'm taking you. Keyword genius. Who had the, the portal to the other dimension? 
A few of them did. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It is I guy when he kidnaps Billy's little brother. Ah, I guess he was smart too. Yep. Gotcha. Uh, I kind of spoiled this third one earlier, but if you're paying attention, you should know it. Ooh, you Rangers make me mad, waking me up with a rap that bad. Pumpkin rapper. He was the one that rapped. Alex? No, it's pumpkin rap. It... Yep. Okay, so you're two for two then. <laughs> I, could, I could not resist. I, I find them grating yet enjoyable. <laughs> um, okay, question four. Who said this? All right, you want to play ball? Batter up. See, I thought that would be Babe Ruthless if it's no, not. No, that that's um, 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 five seconds. That's the, the the shell shock. Yep. Yeah, because that was the one with the baseball bat. Oh, he had the red ball. No, no, red ball is Babe Ruthless. Yeah, oh, no, he right. had the yeah. he had the traffic jam. The the traffic light. Yep. Yeah, and the head cannon. Yep. Yeah. So that's, see, I that's what I remember from is the head cannon. I'll, yeah, it's head cannon. <laughs> uh, so Alex has three, Toby has two. Uh, question five. Ooh, ooh, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. No, my guess would be a pudgy pig. Yeah, that's my guess as well. That is correct. So Alex three, no, Alex four, Toby three. Um, six, okay. who said that? I've got plenty of room left inside for you. Terror toad. Yeah, terror toad would be my guess as well. Terror Toad is correct. Uh, Alex, stickers yep. on the stomach. Alex 5, Toby 4. Uh, question 7. Who said this? You're looking winded. Maybe this will help. King Sphinx? That's what I was going to say, too. Actually, no. Oh. It, it's Pexter. You know, oh, the, okay. one that, the one that flapped its wings and yeah. stole that idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, no change in score there. Uh, Alex, I think, is five. Toby's four, correct? Mm -hmm. uh, question eight. Who said it? Well, I'm glad you finally came to your senses. That'll make it easy on both of us. Yeah, I, I can't. I'm at a loss there. Sen I'm assuming senses has something to do with it. Like, like took their senses, maybe? It's, it's near the end of the episodes. I got nothing. Rhino Blaster. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have guessed it. Unfortunately, he didn't say many things uh, aside from you know the football scene that stuck out. So that was a tricky one. Uh, question nine. Now to make cardboard out of the lot of you. Don't worry, it won't hurt a bit, but it might hurt a lot. Is that uh, pine octopus? Pine octopus. Mm -hmm. That is correct. Pine octopus. Um, so Alex is six. Toby five. You ate my Gooniberg eggs. You know how hard it is to find these. That Fang. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's Fang. All right, I'm happy so that I got the ones I, had, I got. Yeah. I, had to, I had to look through the, the list that I, because I didn't remember all their names. I was like, it's, it's, which one is this? It was one we didn't remember. Yeah. Fang is the only one that makes sense. So if I kept track correctly, I believe Alex has eight, Toby seven. So Alex, you're the winner. Say what? That's the first. Good job, Alex. Yeah. If only I had prizes to give away. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we're just doing it for fun. Um, or bragging rights for later episodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, then. So uh, thank you, everyone, Slimesters, Gakoids, Toby, Alex, and I guess myself, for enduring this, <laughs> this marathon of ranking Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Monsters Season 1. Uh, 
really appreciate you all listening to us and just going through it. And hopefully all you diehard fans appreciated the amount of work that went into this, um, both with the research and the editing. Uh, we'd like to thank you for, for being here. Um, we'd, like to, we'd like to know, you know, as I mentioned it before, what do you guys think about our ranking? Do you agree, disagree? Would you rank any monsters differently or on opposite ends of the spectrum? You know, email us and we'll share it during a Mona's mailbag segment uh, in an upcoming episode. Uh, other than that, you know, email us, splatattack2020 at gmail.com. Contact us through Instagram DMs if you want. We also have a Patreon page now, which is patreon.com slash splatattack. So if you really like to support our content and help us grow, and uh, continue to build our community with our deep dive specialty content of 90s nostalgia, uh, particularly 90s Nick, head on over there and become a patron today. Uh, we have all sorts of different tiers offering all sorts of good goodies that will suit your budget. So see what fits you. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll have behind the scenes, some behind the scenes things, a few gag reels, and we are gonna be doing a bonus episode a month that you will only find on Patreon. Yeah, looking forward to that because uh, we'll be recording that the first one coming up soon. Mm -hmm. um, other than that, you know, check out our totally rad Splat Attack shirts at our bonfire page. We also have a mug there with our season two Splat Attack logo if you're interested in that. Just another way to support our show. Uh, also continue to leave us a rating uh, and reviews on any Apple podcast, well, on Apple podcasts or any other platform that allows it. Uh, with that said, uh, thank you very much and tune in next time for our very interesting episode where we pit two popular episodes together in our very first Are You Afraid of the Dark versus Goosebumps, The Tale of the Phone Police versus Calling All Creeps. And, uh, and also, before we bail, thank you, Toby, so much for being a part of the episode. Thank you. We appreciate and, your time. And for anybody who wants to follow you, where can they follow you at? Uh, yeah, so uh, we're the Tape Store Podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram. That's where we're most active. It's just simply the Tape Store. Um, you could email us at the Tape Store Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, I think we're on TikTok as the Tape Store. Uh, Brooke's usually the one that gives that spiel. Uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, we're on Apple Podcasts and uh, some other platforms. You could just type us into Google, the Tape Store Podcast. So. Yeah, I love your X-File episodes, Power Rangers, you know, anything you can think of, popular 90s movies. They're definitely worth a listen because they got me into podcasts quick. Oh, well, thank you. It's it's a pleasure and it's an honor to, to, to be here with you guys. I had a blast. Thank, right, you. thank you. Thank you so much, Toby. Oh, yeah. All right. All right, Rangers, time to morph out of here. Reprise the theme song and roll the credits. Hard to believe, folks, but it's time to say goodbye. Nighty night. Hey, check us out next time for more adventure and another great legend of the Hidden Temple. What will we do till then? Chill for a couple. We'll be back. You're on, Nick. And it was time for the superhero to move on. I declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed. Bye-bye.
No way! The Blue Ranger is the coolest! I hear that the Pink and Yellow Ranger are the best. I'll let you guys in on a little secret. They're all totally awesome.